No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. All right, so welcome to Club Wealth TV. Today we're talking about improving your sales skills, ISAs, closing techniques, all that stuff with three of the guys in this country that are the very best at it. We've got with us Mr. Isaiah Colton, uh, who has over 70 ISAs working for him. This guy's a freaking baller and uh, dude knows how to dress too. Check that out. Club wealth attire in the house. I love, Oh, and coach Brian's got the same shirt. I love it. Look at that. And coach Mark. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. Anyway, super <laughs> this, is my, this is my Friday tiger woods dominate all week dress uh, there you go yeah that's sunday that's sunday's tiger colors <laughs> that's right all right so that being said before we get started uh i want to share with you really quick before uh the, our sponsor don't forget that wise hire is our sponsor for club wealth tv they do a great job uh we most in fact i think everybody on the call here uses wise hire uh to help with our recruiting needs and uh, i know we do at club wealth we, love it. we hire at least two or three people well we i should say we hire we interview at least 30 or 40 people a week from Wise Hire, uh, and oftentimes we'll hire a couple of them. And uh, so if you guys are looking for the Club Wealth discount on Wise Hire, go to clubwealth.com forward slash W-I-Z-E-H-I-R-E, clubwealth.com forward slash W-I-Z-E-H-R-I-E. And what they do essentially is they run a bunch of ads for you in a whole bunch of different places uh, for your recruiting needs, whether it's admin or sales. Uh, and they get all those people coming into one place, make it really easy for you to follow up with them, get them into a group interview or a one-on-one -on -one interview, and uh, away you go. They'll even automate the disc profile process if you want them to do that for you. Uh, and they are actually the creators of the disc profile, believe it or not. Very interesting, and yet slightly oh. unknown fact. So uh, that being said, let's jump right into it. So again, today we're talking about sales skills, ISAs, and how to close better. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to you guys. Let's talk. Yeah, definitely. I want to give I want to give Mark a shout out real quick before we get into it. He's he's uh he's inspired me. I don't know if you know this, Mark, but I've, I I'm actually your your feed goes back and forth, and I've seen the weight that you've lost. And, oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And you've been you've been I've been following kind of those posts, and so literally, literally, I'm like, you know what? If this guy can do it, I got to get back into shape. So, so I've started a routine, and then not only that, but I know you have these days that you do your giving, and uh, I know Club Wealth is big into giving too. And uh, so I've actually started a routine uh, with my family on Sunday where we do something kind of special uh, and, and give back to the community as a family. And so I just want to, I want to give you and the club wealth uh, family credit for that. So we're, well, cool. you're, you're, uh, you're going to create a little movement here, man. So the problem, you know, that I, I'd love to take credit for Mark's day of wealth, but I actually learned that from another club wealth coach um, at yeah. um, um, BSM last year, which was uh, my coach, Andy, um, Andy Coons. Um, he okay. did a similar thing and I learned that at one of our, our and I put that into practice and, uh, it's been a real blessing for, for me and my business and a lot of, uh, a lot of other people. So it's a really cool program that I put together called Mark's day of service. Awesome. That's great. Thank you. That's great. Very cool. cool. Well, but and before, and just by way of introduction, I, I apologize. I forgot to introduce Mark and Brian. So for those of you that don't know, coach Mark and Brian, both are club wealth coaches. They're both ballers. Uh, and uh, Coach Brian, for example, last year did, in fact, pretty much every year now is doing just over 350 transactions a year. Uh, so definitely selling a lot of real estate. And uh, these guys have helped an awful lot of people do the same. So, Coach Brian, you were about to start us off. Go ahead. I'll, I'll be quiet. Oh, okay. Well, uh, welcome to Club Wealth TV. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about sales today. And I, I appreciate being on this. You know, it's it's funny. I'm on every other week, which I really do appreciate. And I love when we're talking about something I'm really interested and passionate about. And I'm interested and passionate about what we're going to talk about today. So um, I'm excited to talk to both Isaiah and Mark today. And, you know, let's just kind of start this thing off, Mark or Isaiah. Let's just talk a little bit about where things are. Um, you know, you and I were kind of 
chatting before this and talking about some of the issues that you guys are running into and how we're kind of overcoming that because uh, a bunch of your clients are in New York and that kind of limits what you're allowed to do at this point. So let's talk about that and where are you going and, and what are what are the people be, what should people be doing right now? What kind of scripts? And you know, we could probably have a four hour call. So let's just start with what's going on, how you guys are doing yeah. that. You know, I, I, I think it's safe to say COVID has affected everybody in some way, right? Sure. And so, um, you know, for, for us, because we have a lot of clients in New York and, and one of the services that we offer um, is, as an upgrade is prospecting to for sale owners and expireds. Um, there's an extensive interview process. It's really by referral only right now. Um, and so what we do is, as a, is, you know, in New York, a cold call is considered Basically, anybody you haven't you haven't talked to uh, that you're reaching that you're reaching out to. So, for sale by owner, at first we didn't think was a cold call because uh, they had their house for sale. They're they were they were advertising, so we're like, oh. And then they and then new information came out and said, you know what, it is a cold call. So, at least until September, um, there's no cold calling in uh, in in New York. And so, what it does is it forces you to look at. Your business plan, right, and and it forces you as either as an agent or a corporation, doesn't matter who you are. You gotta you gotta look back and say, okay, so what are some alternative ways to bring in business? And what I like about you know, I think what's interesting about time periods like like these, you know, you you you, you, you have these catchphrases like pivot and you know uh, you know <laughs> you're you're seeing it everywhere, right? And so it's like, and what's interesting about a lot of the information we're sharing, and I like what uh, Grant Grant. Uh, Wyatt said is that some of these techniques are not anything new. It's just innovating them and, and updating them to match a, a modern day business and marketing plan or a modern, modern day sales and marketing plan. And, um, and a lot of these things, you know, really what we're going to talk about aren't necessary, um, necessarily like, a, you know, a revolution or something new, but I, it, I think the key is, it's, it's not, it's not the information um, that I think we're going to share today. It's the it's the key insights on how to build a system that is what takes people is going to take somebody to the next level. It's a it's about looking at your systems and looking at your process and looking at and just being honest with yourself and saying where are my gaps. And I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I like I who I like to work with and who our ideal client, if you will, that we can help the most is I think what's considered your tier two. Uh, somebody between 25 and, and, and 75 transactions, getting helping getting them to 200 transactions and above. And that's where you start experiencing a lot of problems, you know, if, especially if you're in one niche, like if you're just only cold calling, right, as an example, and then something like this happens unexpected. You know, I've heard Michael train on that. You can't just depend on just one, one niche, right? So what we've done is we've looked at our whole game plan and uh, we've started with database and and going back to the going back to the basics, you know. So for me, if you look at what, when I was you know growing and scaling um, my business, both in real estate and the marketing firm, you know, it's the new business, right? It's the it's the it's the outreach. It's going after it, and then as you start building all these relationships and generating all these leads, you know, if you don't have a strong foundation with your database, that has a compounding effect, right? Oh you might not. God. You might not feel it the first year, right? You might not feel it the second year, but then all of a sudden, when you got three, four, five, ten thousand leads uh, in your database, if you if you don't have a, a sales and marketing plan, a strategic plan to actually reach out, engage through multi-channel marketing with your database, um, then you're just purging business. Your cost of sale is going to skyrocket because you're going to probably have team team members start joining your team at this point. And so your costs are going up and now you have to spend your way to, to your transaction goal. And while you have to continue to spend your way, you always have to spend money. Um, there's gotta be a balance to it. And so my conviction is that in a season like this, you gotta look at all the points of lead conversion and how to maximize, maximize the resources that you have right dead in front of you. And so, so let's, let's, let's break this down in a little bit. And I appreciate the big philosophical yeah, overview. That's, that's the overview. And I appreciate that, but let's 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 dumb this down, and for lack of a better way to put it, so let's just talk. I want to talk about a couple of things because I think I'm assuming that your ISA team is pretty structured on how you do business. Is that a good is that a good assumption? Extremely, yes. So 
here's the thing for all you people watching who are going to be your own ISA. It's kind of like if you don't have an assistant, you are an assistant. If you don't have an ISA, you are an ISA. So let's talk to people. Let's start there. Let's just talk about the ISA. So yep. let's pretend that. So let me just ask you this. Approximately how many phone calls is one of your ISAs going to make in an hour? Well, I guess let me just back up just a little bit. Right. Okay. I'm hoping that you got to make prospecting call. You know, prospecting is huge, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: if your database isn't in order, and you're just prospecting blindly, and you don't have a system in place where your database is is set up, where you have automation, you have a, you have uh, information flowing, it's all coming together. That's that is the first step before I agree before everything, right? So let's assume that that's already happened, right? And now now we're now we're starting to make phone calls. Um, you know, everyone's a little bit different. You know, I think for, you know, it's common knowledge, minimally, you know, minimally you should be making 40 calls a day. My ISAs, they're making an exorbitant amount of calls. I mean, you're, you're talking, they're, they're on a, an actual predictive dialer that has artificial intelligence built into it. So it, it predicts and, and um, the technology actually will predict when somebody's going to answer the phone based on patterns of calling within the within, within the area. So it's it's hammering out seven eight hundred phone calls for the ISA a day, um, okay. but you know so wait, so wait 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 hold on hold on are you saying each ISA is doing seven eight hundred calls a day? The 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 artificial intelligence is doing the calling for them. They're right. they're sitting waiting for the call, but yeah, the right. an individual plugs so, into this. And, and here's the, and I understand. So yeah. I, I want to break this down just a little bit. So. You just real simple. Approximately, yeah. how many people does you one of your ISAs call an hour? Approximately, I'm not going to hold um, you to an exact number. If, if they're on, if they're on the dialer, it's probably 90 to 100 calls. 100 okay, 100 so you guys hear that? 90 to 100 calls an hour. So here's the thing. So if you were just if you were coaching an agent, and I understand you have an yeah. ISA company, and obviously you know, but a good agent realistically on a single line dialer can probably what call 50 to 60 people an hour. Is that kind of where you would you would see it? it yeah. Um, so my recommendation as an agent, if you don't have an ISA, would be t- to focus more on smart calling um, instead of just sheer vo- sheer volume. Sure. So so the strategy is, and this is what I did when when I was uh, calling myself every day. I had a two hour block between nine to eleven, and my goal was to never make what I would call a dumb call. Okay a blind call or, or what you would, other people would say a cold call. So that's the difference between cold call and prospecting. So for example, let's say I have a group of four sale by owners that I want to hit, right? Mm-hmm. Before I call them, I'm going to send a direct voicemail. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to send an email. If I have emails, uh, I'm going to send a, a postcard. I'm going to do something or, or at least in conjunction with it. So that way I can go into the call and I don't have to go into the call just basically as a stranger, but I can go on the call and saying, Hey, this is Isaiah Colton. I'm a local realtor and, uh, you know, down the street. And I was, I was giving you a call. I was wondering if you see, received my email um, the other day. Did you have a chance to see that? I'm going to do something different or, Hey, did you get my voicemail? I was just following up on a voicemail I left you. So I'm going to do something different to get in the door than, than just making that blind call where I don't, I don't know anything about what's going on. So that's, that's really key. Number one. And if you do that the right way, you can get about 40 quality calls in, Right, maybe 40, 50 quality calls in an, in about two hour period. So, but your so your conversion again, will skyrocket though. Want want to make sure that we're we're being very clear on what you're talking about. So, I heard you do basically. I heard maybe you're going to slide dial somebody before you call them. Yeah. The, the postmark, the the postcard thing. Obviously, that's a that's a much further out. You didn't you didn't mail them a postcard and call them. You mailed them a postcard a week ago and now you're calling them. Yes. But yeah. So. Here's one of the things that I'm a huge, huge person on this. I'd like to hear it. And it, it, I was trying to set something up. So bear with me. Yeah. I want to know what your people do to make 100 phone calls. Now, obviously, using a predictive dialer, yeah. and I appreciate that. But that's yeah. not really the point because I, I don't have a predictive dialer. Mark doesn't have a predictive dialer. So, Correct. you know, if you want something awesome like that, hire Isaiah. Let me just say that. He's a great, a great company. I'm, I'm, I definitely do that. But let's, again, bring this down to the level of the person, the average person watching this isn't going to have a predictive dialer. They're not going to call 100 people an hour. So what do I do first? So for me, I've got a process and I'll, and I'll, I'll just real simple. I organize. If my opinion, if you're not 
dial, if you're not organizing your CRM before you make your first dial, it's a complete yes. colossal waste of time. And Agreed. I wanted to hear somebody else say that too. So if you work for Isaiah and if you went and sat down and prospected like most agents do is click, 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 call, click, 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 call, you would be fired immediately is my, is my guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, and that's kind of what I was trying to say with a smart call is you're not going to just pick up the phone and just dial. You're going to, you're going to get your list together. You're going to, you're going to strategically know who you're going after. You're going to have, you're going to, depending on your CRM and your technology, you're going to look at your lead scores. You know, you're, uh, you're going to really have a, put a strong list together before you just go in and just blindly start. Calling. So if somebody was going to call 50 people a day, let's just pick that yeah. number. I think it's a good solid. If you're an agent, you're going to call 50 people a day. That's probably yeah. a good number for a lot of agents. I'd like to see it a little bit higher, but the truth of the matter is if you call 250 people a week consistently, you can easily close between two and five transactions a month. In, in my personal opinion, yeah. if you do it correctly. Yeah. How much time should a person spend prior to their first phone call? Because this is, to me, the biggest mistake that prospectors are making right now. They don't do step one, which to me is organized. So as a professional person who coaches people daily on how to make phone calls, how long do you think our average real estate agent should spend organizing before they dial their first number? I'd say I'd say it's gonna it's going to take you a good 20 minutes, half hour. Right. Good. And so, yes. you know, um, to, to do it the right way uh, before you make that first call. Another mistake is, is people try to do it in between calls. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you know what I mean? And, and it, it, it breaks the momentum. Right. So it's important to just prepare, get your mind right. And then once you do it, you just you, you just go. You can just let me, go. Let me interject something here real quick. So I, I've dealt with a lot of people and still do who suffer from a lot of call reluctance. Yeah. People who can't agents get they can't pick up the phone and um, they spend their entire time getting ready to get ready to call. Yeah. And when I started my career in a different business many years ago, I suffered from a little bit of that, too. And here's what I had to do. I made my list the night before. Because if I come in at eight o'clock in the morning and I decide I'm going to call people today and I start doing my research by 10 o'clock. I've talked myself out of calling every single person. I don't want to talk to them. I don't know. I talked to them before. They weren't real nice. They hung up on me last time. And you'll spend two hours getting ready. So I had to literally sit at my desk or my off or my, my table. At that time, my kids were young and put together my list while they were there, which forced me to go through it fairly quickly to figure out, get the names and numbers, why I was calling, who I was calling. And then when it came in in the morning, eight o'clock, it was time to call. Yep. So I would suggest do that outside of what we call pay time. Get your list together and then make your dials or else you'll just fritter away the morning and then you'll be mad. And then the next day you'll be more mad because you didn't do anything the day before. But you still have to do the research and the work and putting the list together because if you don't, you're just going to spin your wheels. That's a that's extremely good advice. And the, the the goal is, too, is if you have your system set up the right way uh, in your database, it gets easier and easier as you start as, as long as you're keeping up on your database it gets easier and easier to make those phone calls. And to, to Mark's point, you got you do your research, you get it done at night. The other mistake that I see, Brian, that you kind of brief briefly message is people think it that they will go they'll go wide instead of go deep. So they'll make they'll they'll make a, a hundred touches to a hundred different people instead of sending instead of making a phone call, sending a text and an email to one person, and then getting fifty people and then doing and then calling those fifty people. And touching those 50 people five times in three or four different ways, that's another huge mistake um, that people make when they're prospecting is they're either just using the phone and they're only calling them one or once or twice um, instead of having a multi-channel marketing approach where they're calling, they're sending a text, they're sending an email, and then they keep going. But then they cycle back through and do it again, and they don't move on and try to either go buy a new set of leads, right, or or uh, they just kind of let them sit in their sit in their CRM because oh I called them once or I called them a couple times they didn't answer so let me move on. It's a huge huge mistake. Yeah, so let, let's talk about that real quick. So statistically speaking, your average internet lead, and if you guys don't know this, write this number down. The number is eight. That's the approximate number of contacts on the average that you have to do. So agents out there, if you call someone and text them and say these leads suck you sucked because you had six more contacts that you were supposed yeah. to make before you can say the lead sucks. Actually don't say the I do sucks. a, I do a training <laughs> right. session that's called, there's no such thing as a bad lead, only bad salespeople. Amen, Mark. That is, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you nailed that because the truth of the matter is, especially if you've got a good phone number. Now, if it's, if it's a bad phone number, I'll agree. Bad phone number, bad email. That's a crappy lead. 
And I, I'm not going to pretend that that's not. But if you've got a human being who will answer the phone, legit lead. You know, so we, we really need to reframe that because here's the reality. I don't know the statistics from last year, but from a couple of years ago, it was like 55 million Internet leads were produced, 5.5 million sales, which basically means one out of 10 people who's an Internet lead is going to, to buy. Here's the reality of, of 2020. Everybody's an Internet lead. There's no yep. such thing as a non-internet lead. I guess True. there's, you know, some 75-year-old living off the grid maybe. I don't know. But for the most part, everybody's an internet lead. Mm-hmm. So here's where I'd like to like to hear what you're doing with, with this. And, you know, for us, my goal is to narrow everything down into top grade. So I heard you talking about go get another list, go deep. I've been saying go deep instead of wide now for the last five years because yeah. – the internet has caused this wide concept because I don't like this lead. I'll get another one. I don't like this one. And that's what agents do. They're like, bam, bam, bam. How do we know this happens? We hire new people to our team. We call through our pond, bought a house last week, bought a house last month, bought a house yesterday. And we're like, those were the crappy leads that that people threw back in the pond. So our idea is how do we take a list of people? And I'd love to hear how you guys do this and top grade it. Because that's what I'm trying to do. I love the idea that you're getting at is if I'm going to make 100 phone calls, I'd rather have 30 conversations than five conversations is kind of kind of what you're getting at. Because dials don't technically matter. Conversations do. So how do we take this list, narrow it down? You know, what's your criteria? And then I'm sure I, I can share mine and I'm sure Mark can share his for how you deal with leads when they come in and how you follow up. What's that process look like? Uh, it's a little bit different depending on the type of lead. So if you're talking of about you know, internet leads versus if you're talking like for sale by owners or geo. So is there, uh, I would approach it a little bit different. Is there a, a particular pick a source, source, pick a source and talk about it? And we'll, 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 maybe well, we'll talk I, about the other ones. I, I love for sale by owners and expired. So it's kind of our, you know, what we, you know, what my niche was my first niche. So I'll just talk about that. Um, so obviously, you know, identifying the areas that you'd, you'd like to do business in, um, looking at, looking at the, all the factors that, you know, people normally look at when, when they're looking to do business, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, you have your, you know, Michael, I know you have a lot of relationships with different vendors that can help pull that information. Um, and they should definitely, you know, check them out and use that. There's a, bu- a bunch of good, great vendors out there that club wealth has partnered with, um, you know, to be able to do that. And, uh, but I think, I think again, it's not about quantity. So I think one of the mistakes that people will make is, but they'll go back in and they'll just try to get as many leads as they possibly can and then pull them in. Right. Sure. Instead of just saying, okay, well, let me, let me get a list. I like to work with 200 as, as a number and, uh, and start off to say, okay, I want to have, I want to have uh, somewhere between 40 and 50 new leads coming in. All right. But I, I, and start with a base of 200. And if I can get 40 to 50, if this is I'm a single agent, right. If I can get 40 to 50 new leads, new for sale by owners and expireds that are in my target areas in the price points that I'm, that I'm working. Right. Um, and then from there, what I'm going to do is I'm going to strategically set up my sales and marketing program. I'm going to, I'm going to implement that. And that consists of a phone call, a text message. If I have their email, if I get their email, I put them on my, my automated email process. I'm also then going to Facebook retarget them. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, I think I'm forgetting something, something, one other one. Did I say direct voicemail? I think I might've said the direct voicemail, but I'm going to, I'm going to hit them through all, all different multi, multi channels that I can. And because me, I'm, I'm limited as a human being with my time and energy that I have. So if I'm going to just, if I'm going to just depend on my prospecting efforts, yeah, it's going to be powerful, but it's all about, um, you know, what's, what's the saying, um, uh, time, uh, you know, time loves speed or money loves speed. Money loves, money speed. loves speed. Time kills vitality. <laughs> yeah. And so, so if you think about it, really what we're trying to do with lead conversion is we're trying to shorten our timeframes as much as possible and as quick as possible. And so when we build out pr- plans for our clients and for myself, that's what the whole plan is, is to make sure that you're, you have your, you have your leads, you, you don't go too wide and you just hit them any way that you can. Uh, you just un- unleash your firepower on them as any way that you possibly can. Yeah. So I'd love to hear this question for you. So I heard you say that you do text, you do slide aisle or direct to voicemail, I think is a, is a probably a better term than slide aisle. But so you're, you're leaving voicemails and you're doing emails. Here's my question, because this is something that drives me nuts as a team leader and as a coach. 
when people say, well, I lead generated today, I sent 100 emails. And then I say, so what did you do at 805? Because <laughs> I'm not impressed with that you sent 100 emails. I sent 100 emails and I don't even know I sent them. So yeah. Yeah. my question is, do you, uh, do you email, text, phone call all at the same time? Or do you do one? Do I make phone calls, then send emails, then send text messages? I can tell you for us the way we do it. We make a phone call. I've got a text queued up literally in the CRM. When that person doesn't answer, I hit send and call the next person. That's how we do it. And we do emails outside of that process because to me, stopping to send an email during lead generation time is literally just throwing money out the window. So I'd yeah. love to hear your thoughts and Mark's thoughts on that. I 100% agree. Most of the texting and the email is is an automate. It's a customized automated campaign tailored okay. towards tailored towards that niche that I'm that I'm plugging them into. And if the technology set up right, it'll actually trigger a Facebook ad uh, nice. in addition to the text and and the email. Um, so to answer your question, I, I I you can't stop the momentum of prospecting. You should be able to if your systems are set up the right way, you should be able to click a button. And it's going to go into a tailored custom um, sales and marketing campaign specifically towards that type of lead. And uh, if it's set up the right way, and then the automation handles a lot of it, but that doesn't mean you still shouldn't go back and keep calling. Right? That's, a, that's another big mistake. But to answer your question, Brian, that's how we handle it. And anything that has to happen from an administrative standpoint that has to happen after the prospecting Thank goal you. is hit. Mm -hmm. That that's my exact point. You know, I I consider that you know we break it down between pay time and no pay time. Yeah. Pay time is when I can connect with my clients. So pretty much you know right. eight p.m. to six p.m. I mean work time, right? Yeah. Um, emails, all those types of things have to happen after that. That's yeah. just reality. I mean there may be something on the fly, you know, with the title company or something like that. Re reality, but if it's a prospecting yeah. method and it's a piece and extension of that, it's got to be in during no pay time. You know, so that that's when it has to happen. I can't stop making these calls to send off an email, just like you said, a text is no big deal. Yeah. A lot of those are built into the systems and, you know, almost everybody, if you don't, and I mean, if you're in tier one, I'm sure your coach is already telling you, you know, what kind of CRM you're using or whatever, which we be building in multi-level, you know, um, campaigns, marketing campaigns, even if you're doing like with my uh, expireds and for sale by owners, I, I focus more on expires and for sale by owners, but, um, you know, we have a, a multi-letter campaign that goes along with them as well. Um, awesome. and texting that, that happens. Um, and you know, voicemails is a thing, you know, a lot of times when you're prospecting, you don't leave voicemails. Um, you know, I do an open prospecting session every Wednesday and I do one every Thursday and I get people that just jump in and listen in while I make calls and stuff. And people always ask me about, about voicemails and I, Oh, I leave voicemails all the time. If you can't connect, you can't sell them anything. Yeah. If, if you're not there and they're not answering the phone and you got on five times, you never left them a voicemail, then how are they going to know to call it back? So I, uh, you so, know, I have a, yeah, a different levels of voicemails eventually, yep. but I, I, I have some different techniques I use in them, but still yep. I let people know that I called. I let them know I'm interested. I let them know I want their business. I let them know that I'm here to help. And, and some people call back and I list homes that way. It's so a Mark, very underutilized tool. There's no voicemail is a very underutilized tool. So let's talk right about way. that real quick because I have a different philosophy. <laughs> so do you leave post voicemails, Mark, for everybody? And are you doing that with something like Mojo where it's leaving it automatically? Or are no. you waiting for no, that? No, I don't I don't use them for everybody. Um, you know, I do I do do call a lot of uh, expires and I use Vulcan 7. I get multiple phone numbers. Um, you know, with that. So Vulcan it, Vulcan automatically leaves a voicemail, correct? It, as it you can, but I but I don't. But I don't, don't, I, don't okay. I don't leave the automated voicemail that way. Um I'll leave a voicemail if say, say there's five numbers there that come up and I'm looking for Marty and the person answers the phone and says, Hey, this is Marty's voicemail. I'll leave him a voicemail. Okay. Right. If, uh, if I go through those five numbers, I'll leave them a voicemail. I mean, I go through those five numbers and leave any other voicemails. but then when I call again the next day, cause I still haven't reached them, I may leave a voicemail on one of those other numbers as well. You know, it just okay. depends if it also has the, the wife's name underneath it and says, you know, um, Yolanda and this is Yolanda's voicemail then I'll leave a message there but I won't just leave them randomly I try to be selective I'm not gonna leave every single one but I'm trying to be selective of the person I'm trying to reach yeah I'll leave them a voicemail okay and I'll use right. some very specific uh language in there um around some emotional based words about being frustrated or being upset or being worried or concerned um yeah. to try to get some emotional you know buy-in and you know people 
no one always call me back, but I, I get, a, I'll be doing calls and I will get calls back while I'm on the calls and I'll take the calls. Awesome. So, so Brian, I have a little bit of a duffer technique and what are, with our, what our ISAs and, and when we're coaching uh, agents, what we recommend is that do you actually use the direct voicemail technology before you start making calls because, and you drop them to, you drop them before you start calling because what will happen is you'll get inbound phone calls coming back. Mm-hmm. And so um, you want to time it, make sure you don't have too many uh, at once so you can stagger it out. Uh, but um, I got to the point where in two hours I, I was, when I was doing, I'd set three or four appointments, two of them were inbound, two of them were outbound. Um, I'm curious how it differs with your, with the ISA team, because I know the ISAs that we coach, we work with, I didn't have them leaving a lot of voicemails. They were much more automated because they're going much more on a volume basis than I was. So I'm just curious how that differs with your ISA team than what you did when you were, you know, in the thick of it yourself every day. Yeah. The, um, the ISA team, it's, we, we do the click, uh, the, the click technology that Brian was talking about. So they don't, you know, they, they'll just click a button. Uh, but they largely use the direct voicemail as a tool to generate uh, inbound uh, phone calls to uh, to them, um, and then they'll pick it up and and work the lead from there. Just to give it's another it's a major direct voicemail is a major leverage point if you can use it the right way. Yeah, so we've actually had an agent on our team who did this on his own. God bless him. He came up with this himself. Basically, he used slide dial, like literally the the ones that you pay 10 cents a piece for. He yep. wasn't using slide broadcast. It wasn't even doing efficient, but he was doing voicemail drops before he made his phone calls, and he found out that he had a higher contact rate. So, and, and then let me just talk philosophy here, and this is our philosophy. It's not right or wrong, but like this is my rule on our team. If you've had a conversation with somebody before, leave them a voice if you've never had a conversation with somebody, don't leave them voicemail. Here's why. Because I timed it and it takes approximately 40 seconds from the time that the person says, hey, this is Brian Curtis, blah, 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 to listen to their voicemail, press one, press five, do whatever that thing wants you to do, and then actually leave the voicemail. So when you think about that, by the way, it takes 36 seconds to go from the point that the phone rings until the voicemail picks up on the average. So which means technically speaking, if nobody answers, you can make 100 phone calls in an hour as, with a single with a single dialer. So all you people who say you can't make any phone calls, you can make 100 phone calls an hour. The talk time is the only thing that reduces that. So that's mm-hmm. something that's interesting for me because I don't believe that the, the return is high enough for me, for people I haven't spoken to do that. Obviously, Mark's having some success leaving voicemails for people. Yeah, there's, there's some to. caveats to that though too, Brian, because it depends yeah. on who I'm calling and what I'm calling. Right. Okay. So if I'm Perfect. calling like yesterday morning, I had to call some new leads that came through the weekend that I didn't get to because of things and say I had, and then I did some more archive leave as well. So I had a group of about 40 leads of people I've never talked to before ever, right? I've either called them once and I never reached them. So I'm going through the list again. I'm not leaving voicemails for those people. It's a straight internet lead. I haven't talked to them yet. I want to catch them. If I don't catch them in the morning, I'll try them again in the afternoon. I'll try them then. And maybe on the third day when I still haven't reached them. Okay. Now I'm going to leave my voicemail. Um, a little Perfect. bit different with the, a little bit different with the expires that I go as a much smaller group where I live. Um, I only have a very few conversations there and I want them to know because time is a really of the essence because if yeah. I don't get to them and they don't connect with me, they'll have relisted their house already <laughs> with somebody else. And so it's super it smart. Different, it does different depending on who I call, but, and, and, and our ISAs we had as well, when we were calling all our new internet leads, we didn't leave voicemails for those either unless we're in a dialer and it was automated. So it is different. Perfect. And I recognize yeah. we have two vastly different groups of people. Like I said, you got the tier two people and above Isaiah that are going to start to employ more technology. And then you got the tier one folks um, who right. are, you know, they're making they're just, their calls themselves and they're trying yeah. to get deep in there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's different techniques depending on the different types of calls you're making. But that's perfect. And I think that's real important for people to know. Go ahead, Michael. Well, just really quick, I want to jump in on a couple of things. First of all, and then Brian, come back to that thought because I want to continue with that. First of all, there's a lot of people asking questions uh, on uh, our Facebook group right now. So I'm doing everything I can to uh, respond to as many of you as I can as quick as I can. Just understand, keep typing those questions in and we'll keep answering them here as much as we can. One of the questions I want to get you guys to after Brian covers this, that the thing he was going to go over is retargeting and are you guys retargeting these leads? Uh, I heard mention earlier of, yeah, we're, we're automatically uploading these into a Facebook audience and then running marketing to those folks so that we can, again, warm that lead up, make it easier to make that contact. That's important. Another one was what dialer software are you guys using? I think we talked ba- briefly about that. 
but Isaiah specifically, somebody was asking about the predictive dialer that you're using. Is that technology built in house or is there a predictive dialer software out there you recommend? Yeah, it's it's built in house. Yeah, but we can we can license it out if we need if people want if people wanted it. We can it. Well, so we don't sell what's that cost. We don't usually do, yeah, we don't usually do it, but it's two we we two hundred dollars a month we could license license. There you go. All right, so now you know what I'm going to say next is I'm going to hit you up for a discount for everybody in Club Well. So what we're going to need to do is if you guys are want to pick, you know pick up that predictive dialer software from Isaiah, then go ahead and uh, let's just start by shooting me a private message, and I'll get you guys connected, and then I'll hold Isaiah to making sure he gives you some kind of a deal on it. So Absolutely. all right, uh, That's awesome. that, that said, Brian, go ahead. I don't remember where I was going to go. It's not that surely could couldn't have been a crisis. It'll come back to me. It all it all I circles back. Let, let me let me ask a question. Let me, let me then you know because you know one of the things we've been talking a lot about dialing different techniques and things like that. But I found another piece of the equation is um, is um, tracking, right? What you track. I mean, I'm very specific about you know how many calls that I'm making, how many conversations I'm having, what my ratios are, um, how many you know conversations I have to have per appointment. Like I know, I don't care what kind of lead I call for every 6.25 conversations, I'll get an appointment, right? Depending, peanut buttered across all different types. And yeah. so I'm just curious from your standpoint, the types of things that you track in your operation being much larger and which are the, the which are the the gates that you know, if you're hitting those, then you probably have some success. Cause it's not just number of dials because i've i've worked with isas when they were yeah. new they they you know would take them 40 conversations to get an appointment and then six months later they were at 10 conversation appointments so w w what kind of things do you track and and how do you utilize that to to you know um really manage your team really powerful really powerful question mark uh, i want to take a step back as far as tracking tools i recommend having a sales and marketing journal or a, or a tracking system of some kind I'd recommend it not be virtual at first. Uh, maybe you can do something, but something where you're physically ticking off or writing that. I love it. Writing it down and you're, you're tracking the amount of calls you're tracking uh, pretty much your sales and marketing efforts, but then, you know, planning, you know, having a, having a plan. Uh, we actually have a, a, a free sales and marketing planner. Uh, we can give, we, we can give to club, the club wealth family. Uh, we, we normally charge like 49 bucks for it, but we'd be happy to give it away. Um, so you guys can check it out. So that's that's a huge component of it. And the reason why is because it keeps you focused and you feel like you're making progress. So like as you go through the calls and you hit you hit like uh, maybe you hit 10 calls and nobody picks up, it can you can kind of get distracted. But if you see that you're ticking off and you're reaching, you're making in incremental progress, it can help keep you focused, especially if you're newer, right? And you're still you're just working on developing the habits. Um and then circling back to your question, uh, Mark, what we look for is conversations. So um, we can, you can trick yourself into being productive, uh, thinking you're being productive, like you, to your point about making a large volume of phone calls, right? And thinking that thinking that you know uh, you know something, you know, hey, I made my 52 calls, but you know if you didn't get any appointments that day, you got to ask yourself why, right? And so um, if you're in a, let's just put it in terms, I don't want to use the ISA statistics per se, because they're calling all day. But if you, if you look at a two hour time block, um, realistically, you know, if you have a decent data source, you should be having somewhere between eight to 10 conversations, you know, um, where you're, we're actually talking to, to a human being. And How many dials are you thinking you get to that many conversations, Isaiah? It depends on the day, but on average, on average, you should be 40 to 50 dials. Uh, okay. So you're looking at about a 10, eight to 10% answer rate. Well, I, here's, let's define a conversation too. This is really good. A conversation is with a homeowner that actually is a decision maker, right? Okay. Or, or so, on the other side, a buyer who was actually interested in, in buying. Correct. Stuff. That's right. Or interesting in buying. Yeah. So um, not a dead lead or somebody who's picked up the phone that is not really your, somebody that you can convert and do an appointment. Right. So um, you look at and if you're not getting that, you got to look at your lead source. Right. You got to you got to take a look at where the leads are coming from, what you're doing. If you're not getting a good enough pickup rate where you're talking to a homeowner that can that can make a decision. Right. So um, and then from there, if you're good. Right. If you're good, like Mark and, and yourself, you should be converting. And, and it takes time to get to this. It takes it takes a lot of practice and effort to get to this, but you should be converting at a, into an appointment about fifty percent of them, um, in into an appointment. And um, and you might even get that higher on your follow up. 
Um, but if you're brand new, your first benchmark probably should be, you know, a 10 to 20% conversion rate from conversation to an appointment. And then, and then scaling up and just as you keep mastering your craft and getting better and better and better at it, uh, work towards that, that 50% um, conversation to an appointment. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So um, I have software that tracks um, talk time. And so that was one of the most powerful things. And if you're an individual agent or if you're a team leader, get something that tracks talk time. And here's why I say that, because here's the lie that most agents are telling themselves. The, and, and I've heard it from every agent who I say isn't making enough phone calls. The reason I'm not making enough phone calls is because my conversations are really, really long. And I went, OK. And then now I track their talk time and they can't say that anymore because that's one of the things that people do like it. But. I don't believe that they were lying to me. I really don't. I think the people that I'm talking to are honest and good people. I think they were accidentally lying to themselves. So one of the things, and this is something, if you look at prospecting, and I haven't watched Mark prospect, but I've watched other people prospect, is the majority of the time that you're prospecting is not talking, unfortunately. The majority right. of the time prospecting is is literally the phone dialing. So become efficient in dialing the phone. And people think I'm nuts when I'm saying this, but again, a hundred phone calls an hour is the actual amount of time leaving no voicemails and just letting dial, 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 dial. So think about that. If you're, t if you're doing a hundred phone calls in that amount of time, the actual dial time, then if you cut that in half, you should be easily be able to have seven to 10 conversations an hour and call approximately 50 people an hour. And I'm not yep. talking about a three-line mojo dialer. I'm talking about I a simple dialer like in follow-up boss or lion desk or firepoint. None of these extreme crazy, I'm afraid to call. I'm just talking about a simple click to call dialer. That is the number one thing. And I would say to everybody is try and figure out your efficiency because here's the reality. None of us want to make phone calls, right? No one got up this morning and said, I'm super excited to dial the phone all day. No one said that. But we have to do it. The only way to do this, by the way, I love that Isaiah is implementing all this technology, but I want everyone to think about it. The whole purpose of his technology is not to avoid conversations. It's to talk on the phone more. Most yes. of us are flipping that on its head and going, I'm going to use technology so I can talk on the phone less. You're doing it backwards. Uh, I to totally agree. It's 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 designed to shorten your time frames, right, of conversion. But if you're if you think it's going to replace you're, you know, replace the, the art and science of prospecting. You're just wasting your time, money, and energy. Um, and you're going to be disheartened when you don't hit your goals to your point, Brian. It's a and, and that's why, that's why I always have three goals each day. Um, cause you can't, I don't know to make all three. Right. So my minimum goal is to make $40 a day, um, have, uh, 10 conversations or, um, um, set two appointments. Some days I get 40 and I don't get any appointments. Some days I get 40 and I get three appointments. Sometimes I, I do four, I'll do 50 and I'll get you know, seven conversations. But I'm going to hit one of those one of those goals. And if I hit one of those goals, then that day was successful. Because I can't guarantee who answers the phone. Yeah. Right. Now, if I go, if I go three, four days in and my connection rate is, you know, two percent, then I got a wrong list. And I got to yeah. measure in that. But, you know, if I, I can't physically make people answer the phone. And I can't make them agree to meet with me. So then I fall back on the number of dials that I did each day. And it's consistently it's 200 to 250 a week, every week. And as long as I keep doing that, then there's business. And you can scale that out, obviously, as you bring in more technology, you bring in more people, you continue to scale that out. But those basic, those are just some basic, you know, just daily numbers from a guy who's out showing properties in the afternoon and doing listing appointments and you know, writing contracts um, if I do that consistently, I'll always take somebody who will do it every day. I don't care if you only did 20 a day. If you did it every yes. day, I'd much rather do that than you come in on a Monday and say, I'm going to make 200 calls today. And then yes. don't do any for the next month because you blew yourself out. Right. So, yeah, so a little bit of my soapbox there. I mean, Isaiah, what, what do you think about that? I mean, is, you know, for somebody who's in the thick of it, you know, every day, uh, maybe they're in that transition pace or they're level one, maybe there are two or they're thinking about getting some, you know, technology. I mean, what are some good kind of goals? Because those are mine for that you would see for agents to be to be after from a tracking and just from a, a you know daily goal standpoint across that spectrum. You 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 just hit exactly how how we train it and coach it even with you know uh, within our brokerage. It's the forty call mark is kind of a minimum mark 
you're, you're trying to get two appointments a day, right? Um, and within that, uh, we, we also recommend a time block right after that, which is um, some marketing activity, uh, whether it be some, some going live on your social media, uh, whether it be sending out an email, uh, but you do that after you've reached your, your prospecting goal, not during. But just, you know, for example, 9 to 11 is when, you know, is a good time usually to, to get your prospecting done. And then from 11 to 12, you do some of your marketing activities like going live on social media, talking about your listings, um, and making sure that you're, you're working. That's why I call it a sales and marketing plan, right? Because um, unfortunately, or fortunately, um, things are a little more complex. You know, you, you can't, it's not just one dimensional, right? You can't just be one dimensional uh, in today's market. And so we recommend having a good combina combination of the, all the metrics you say, but then making sure that you're engaging people from a marketing standpoint after you've hit your prospecting goal, mm -hmm. give you more leverage. Okay. I got to jump in here really quick. We got a couple of, uh, just a couple of minutes left and there's a couple of questions I want to make sure we get to. First and foremost, a couple of people have been asking, how do I get a hold of this information about Isaiah and his stuff and blah, blah, blah. What I would suggest is go to clubwealth.com forward slash Isaiah Colton workshop, clubwealth.com forward slash Isaiah Colton workshop. It's in the, if, in the chat in the Facebook group here. Uh, if you want to just uh, click on that link, that will automatically make it possible for Isaiah to get a hold of you. He'll shoot you a copy of that sales and marketing plan if you would like. Uh, you don't even have to sign up for the workshop in order to do that. I will tell you this, you're smart to, to sign up for the workshop. Uh, it's definitely uh, something that uh, will move the needle for you in your business. That being said, I want to ask a question of everybody in the audience right now. If you have an ISA right now, I want you to type in, I, I have an ISA into the comments. If you do not have an ISA, type in, I do not have an ISA. And by ISA, I mean, it could be local, it could be outsourced, it could, you know, it could be somebody in-house, it could be somebody working from home. I'm curious, how many of you have an ISA right now? Um, and I'm curious of our panelists here, what do you guys think in terms of, and this is a debate that I've seen a lot of people have, um, have, have had this question on their minds. Is it uh, more efficient, more effective? I should say efficiency is different, but let's talk about effectiveness. Are ISAs more effective, and not just ISAs, but anybody making calls, whether it's an agent making calls for themselves or an ISA making calls, are they more effective working from home or are they more effective working from an office? I'm, I'm really curious what you guys think on this. Who wants to start with that one? I'd, I'd like to end with okay. Isaiah on that one. I'd like you to be the last one to answer that, Isaiah, because, because you guys, you had 70 people working in office, then they had to go home and work. And so I'm really interested in your response. Uh, and I'm interested in all of them. But we'll go Brian, then Mark, then Isaiah. What I've found is it's person to person. And I know that's not the, the, the straight line answer, but the reality is some people do fabulous working at home and as other people don't. So understand who you are and understand your environment. So I work out of my house and I've been, well, I've been working out of my house for three months like everybody else. But my point is I've got a designated area and it's like an office. So, you know, I think people are extremely inefficient if we've got kids running around and, you know, spouses knocking on doors and, you know, we're going to do that. I don't think that works very well. So I, my answer is it's the environment that you put yourself in. And then there are people who need to be held accountable constantly. So it really just depends. So it, it's person to person. And I know that that's not a, a very direct answer, but I've worked fabulously out of my home, but I know a lot of agents do not. So. My uh, my experience thus far is, and we've helped a lot of um, agents build their own ISA teams around the country, and um, by far the most successful ones were the ones who hired them in their own location, um, in the city they live, and had them come to an office where they, um, especially in the early time, especially in that first six, nine months time frame, now there's some leeway after that since some telecommuting makes some things more convenient, but that learning process, um, that cultural process, that team building process, the ones that we work with that um, that hired them in-house, um, for the most part, did a much better job than one who had somebody virtual that was maybe two or three states over, um, et cetera. So that, that's what I've seen, and that's been my experience so far. Okay. Love it. Isaiah. So uh, I'm gonna, a little bit of a different angle, but I think we're all saying the same thing. So our uh, my experience has been with a newer somebody who's newer that doesn't ha have the craft mastered yet 
um, their productivity is gonna is usually going to drop as a rule of thumb. If you have a veteran that has been well trained and polished, sometimes their productivity can go up um, because they have less distractions in the office um, and there's less drama. And so we've seen we've seen that you know happen. I think environment was a key word that was said here. A lot of it is how well you set up your environment. You know, is a huge is a huge factor in in that. Um, how motivating your your environment is to come to work, right? <laughs> so, like, if you if you have people that would that are saying, "I would rather work from home," I, I have a I, question. I have a question. There might be a reason for that. <laughs> you know, I have a question. There is it the drama? Is it the negativity? Is it the you know? It, I mean, yeah. you can't tell me it's just getting out of bed in the morning, right? What are yeah. the other factors, right? So. So it is a complex answer, but I think it, you know, it, it is person to person. My, my answer, if I had to give a straightforward answer would be, I would definitely not have a new person right now work from home until they have, until they, until they have the craft down. Um, and as another rule of thumb, if you have a veteran who has a proven track record, right. Um, that has done the craft for a while, they could thrive. They could thrive working from home. They might do better. But that's not always the case, too. I have some veterans right now; they're they're fl- they're fl- they're failing miserably. Okay, um, and I got to cut you off right there, just because we're 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 out of time. But uh, but Isaiah, I want to I want to add, add to that what you just said. I completely agree. At, at the end of the day, even if a veteran would do very well from home, yeah. there's value to the team in having them in the office, right? Yes. So it's not always just about that individual. It's a it's Correct. also about Hey, look, what is, what, how does the team overall succeed best? We ran numbers on this, and I can tell That's you right. that, that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that for us, for, in our experience, it has been a 3x multiplier. The people yep. that work from the office have the synergy. Uh, we get three times the results uh, as a team by having people in the office. It's a, it's a night and day difference. Uh, and so, you know, very, very interesting conversation. We've got to run, guys, but check this out. If you want to get that um, – that sales and marketing planner from Isaiah. You can also go to clubwealth.com forward slash RAPS systems, clubwealth.com forward slash RAPS systems. That'll get it to you as well. Uh, Michael, do we have time to talk about what's what's in the workshop, what they're going to get with the workshop or no? We don't. We are out of time. Uh, So it is literally nine o'clock on the dot. We've got to get to the Club Wealth coaches call. Uh, and so I will, so Isaiah, if you want to give us the five bullet points on the workshop, rapid fire, just throw it out there. And by the way, you guys, you should be signing up for this workshop. Trust me on this, but Isaiah, give it quick. In 30 seconds, you're going to get a customized sales and marketing plan. We're going to build it for you. We're going to do a database recharge for you where we consolidate your database detox and enrichment. We're going to set up three custom campaigns, buyer, seller, uh, and recruiting. We're going to, we're going to launch a referral campaign. We're also going to help you niche and pick a niche and then do breakout sessions on how to master that niche and then end off with objection handling workshops to take your top five to seven objections and hear the best of the best responses to those objections. You're going to get all that in the workshop and then you're going to get a free trial to my sales and marketing software. The first 10 people sign up and I'm done, Michael. The first 10 people that sign up get uh, unlimited access for lifetime access to my geo uh, lead data with emails and phone numbers. So for the first 10 people that sign up, they got a lifetime access of $2,000 year, yearly value. That's freaking huge, guys. I'm telling you right now, if you guys want to succeed with this, this is the way to do it. You, need to do, you just need to get signed up for the workshop. This is not an educational workshop. This is a done with you workshop. Yeah. You leave that workshop, stuff is done. It's implemented. It's working in your business. So they'll have leads coming. They'll have leads coming in by the time they 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 leave the workshop. They'll actually have inbound phone calls coming in. I love it. Elizabeth Sorkin's like, free trial. I'm in. Done. Let's go. <laughs> All right. And t- I know Terry Bias is also on the call. She's a huge Isaiah and Brian fan. She knows both of you guys really well. Does a lot of business with both. That said, folks, thank you so much, panelists, Brian, Mark, uh, Isaiah. Thank you guys so much for taking the time thank to you. be with us today. Great call. And uh, everybody, if you would do me a favor, tag somebody in the comments that you feel could benefit from this information. Uh, thank you for following us. Thank you for being members of the Club Wealth Facebook group. Uh, and community. If you're not already, go to Club Wealth, excuse me, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Club Wealth. Get signed up for the Club Wealth Facebook group. It's free. Good stuff. Thank you guys so much. Have an awesome day. We'll chat with you soon. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.